Oh, I know. Hey, how are you doing? Good. I'm really happy that we're finally recording this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So I had COVID. Yeah. And you have had like craziness with work. Yeah. And you've had sleep training. Oh yeah, that happened too. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they call it. They call it now. They've rebranded it. They used to call it sleep training <laughs> when I had my my other kids, but now it's called. It's called self-soothing training. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, like that's really funny that you call it rebranding and it just made me realize there's got there's a whole market of baby care and I'm sure that mm-hmm. all these like whoever owns this section of media or real estate or whatever it is, they're rebranding it each year so they can have new books and new terminology and everything else. That's so mm-hmm. interesting. Oh my gosh, we're influenced by everything. <laughs> we are. And I mean I'm sure it's partly, so have you noticed, well, yes, we've talked about this before, Hmm. how much like pop psychology has entered into the like cultural conversation. So like when people say just, you know, I really need someone to like show up for me, which is like a therapy term or something. Or I just want to have a seat at the table. Uh Uh-huh. That one. (laughs) Yes. I knew you were going to say that one. Um, So I feel like it's, it's, comes from that where some kind of child therapist or something was like let's not call it sleep training because what it really is is teaching them how to self-soothe which is true you're teaching them that like when they half wake up instead of needing you to come soothe them back to sleep they can self-soothe and it does make them I will say like definitely makes them happier yeah but um but yeah I think I think it's connected to that more than just like marketing like I think it's like well, and maybe there's just people responsible for the marketing of therapy terms, but... I don't know. I re- well, the conspiracy theorist in me is saying that there's only so many books you can write about babies, right? Mm. So if you have yeah. new terminology, then you can continue to write books about it each year. I don't know. I remember Catherine, my sister, when she had her first, she was like... She's like you know, I'm surrounded by all these new moms and we all know all the hot terms and we're all trying to talk about it. Like we know exactly what we're talking about, <laughs> you know, but like everybody's like, don't talk to me about sleep training. I read that book too. <laughs> like how new moms are just like trying to figure it out. But all new moms are like, Oh, did you read about this? Did you read about this? And she's like, yes, we have all read the same books. It's not new. <laughs> We don't know what we're talking about yet. Like, we're all obnoxious. That's so funny. But I just just remember her talking about that. Like, all the terminology the moms try to throw at each other. You know, I I don't feel like I experienced that because when I was a new mom, it was just me. Like, I did not know anyone my age having babies. Yeah, I said so, so. I was like a step up from a teen mom. You yeah, know? <laughs> you were the first. So this is the difference. So Catherine, she like she's part of a military family, right? Mm-hmm. So like they were. I mean, it's 
a lot of military people get married young and they got married really young and had a baby right away. So she's like, I'm surrounded by a bunch of military babies like myself Mm. (laughs) who were not around our own immediate family. We're all reading the same books. We're all having our first babies. So I think you're right. Like, cause I, well, I don't have any kids, obviously. Well, not obviously. You know that. Not everybody knows that. I don't have any <laughs> kids, so I don't know from personal experience. But yeah. but then these terminology that you start using, like self-soothing training, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, it's not normal vernacular for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just so interesting to me how language, how language, like, evolves, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, how it really does, like, we have new terms for things, and it can be so obnoxious because... You're like, oh my gosh, if I hear one more person, like we said, like say, I just want a seat at the table. Go sit I at the one, damn table. Like, just sit down. People don't show up. They just, they're either there or they're not there. I don't understand. Or like, exactly. there's like, and then there's like evangelical terms. Like, like, I, I just love doing life with you. <laughs> you know, like, doing life like, i haven't heard that one that's amazing oh <laughs> uh, i bet you will this week now and then you'll be like oh my gosh actually i'm probably just gonna incorporate it into my own vernacular <laughs> i just want to do life <laughs> you want to do life with me life. i'll probably do that and all the guys i look, work with will be like um <laughs> no oh my gosh i love it um okay so i have a question uh confession not a question um, <laughs> which one truth or dare confession or con- question it's we yeah truth or dare yeah um so that's a game we should play sorry <laughs> confession <enough>. or question <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay so like I just so you know we were texting you were still at work poor thing and you were like really I knew you were going to be tired and so I was like okay I just really want to talk to you. Like, I don't even care if we record the pod. I just want to hear your voice and chat and catch up. And so I was like, okay, you need to, you need to get alcohol for this podcast. You need to put your feet up and drink something. And I will go drink too. So that, you know, obviously it's just the nice thing to do. So you're not alone. Exactly. Yeah. So I ran to the store. I also needed to get bread for the lunches for the kids for tomorrow morning. And and it was like this nice little like I was like wandering around my little Harris Teeter because there was like no one there mm. and it just felt so nice and relaxing and I grabbed you know some fresh fruit and some bread and some jelly beans and <laughs> some wine and then, and then I get home and I like totally forgot that I had put the wine in last and so I opened up the trunk from the front like my little <gasps> suburban button and so it flies out of the trunk. Oh, and breaks, no. and I, I run out, and I grab it, and, like, half of it has fallen out, and it's, you know, the top is fully cracked off, but, you know, I'm like, <laughs> it was a 15, <laughs> it's a $15 <laughs> bottle of Chardonnay, like, I'm not going to go back to the store, no. and I also, like, don't want to waste all this nice wine, and, yeah, probably a sliver of glass could, like, kill me, but... <laughs> What are the real chances here that I'm not going to see it? Oh, my gosh. You were drinking wine out of a broken bottle right now. Well, I got, like, I had, had like, a sip. Yes, I did. I had a sip with very fine holes. 
And I really looked at it very carefully. So I don't know. Is this the worst thing I've ever done? No, probably not. But that's, I mean, if I it's just so love this tiny, story a lot. Yeah. I mean, what's it really going to do? It'll just cut up your throat, right? I'm sure somebody listening is like, oh my gosh, there's a pathway <laughs> to your heart through your, through your throat. And you're going to die. Oh. And, but I I'm not intelligent enough about the human body. Have you ever that. done anything like this? I'm I'm thinking about it, and I don't think I have, to be honest. Uh, maybe it is really dumb then. <laughs> I don't know. I would Google it right now, but I can't while I'm recording. No, let's if not. If I Google drink it. wine out of a broken wine bottle, will it? Will I me? die? <laughs> well, okay. Here's the thing: like a fishbone, right? If you like eat a fish bone the reason why it's dangerous is because you can choke on it right it's not like it's gonna puncture your stomach or something that's what i think mm. exactly <laughs> so, oh, no. now i'm I, like looking in my wine glass and i do see a tiny little oh thing God. floating in the bottom i'm like Ugh. just drink the top of it then don't drink you all know. the way to the bottom. Just like laugh. Okay, that's a top. good idea. That's actually a really great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's not because I'm an alcoholic. It's because no. I'm freaking cheap. Exactly. <laughs> no, there's a very like, big wait, difference. This is there. a nice bottle of Chardonnay. Yes. It's not the, not the cheapo one. It's the Guys, nice one. No champagne, just problems. <laughs> it really, it fits so perfect with our pods. All right, so everyone listening, you know, I'm just doing everyone a favor. If I don't die, then next time this happens to you, just think of me and drink the wine. <laughs> There's probably so many cringing things happening right now. Delicious? Delicious. Yeah. What brand? Did you do bread and butter? It was really good, though. Mm. Um, I did so not. I had, so, uh... It is William something. It was like, you know, like our, our like very sophisticated way of finding wine that you came up with. Oh, the most on sale you for know. the most expensive price. The yes. Mo- yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still stand by that. 100%. Yeah. Like you're, if you know you want, like, I feel like as I'm in my thirties, you know, I'm not going to go below like $10 for a bottle mm-hmm. of wine. Right. You know, probably right. more like 12. I feel like 12 is like a good, like, kind of um, gauge Yes. of quality. So then, so then, yeah, anything that's in that range of like 12 to $13, I look for like the original price. And it's like, oh, if it was originally $26, and exactly. obviously I'm going to get that. Exactly. No, I still do that today. And I found very many brands that I stand by that way too. I honestly think it's a good way to go. Thank you. Now, if you don't have time for like those apps or whatever, yeah, which I don't No, no, but I will say just (laughs) going to throw this out here. There have been times where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like e-locations is normally $26, but I can get a giant Eagle for $19. Like, all day, every day. But then I go to our local store where they don't actually mm-hmm. have anything on sale and it's just $19. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that is the risk you take. It's like the like, false inflation of the, the pre-sale price. Yes. So, yeah. I don't know. I still stand it's by it. It's not a perfect science, too. but it does it's help. 
It's not science. Yeah. It's just, it's a decision maker. It's not champagne. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Let's be clear. It's still not champagne. <laughs> it's still not. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> so, yeah, that's my confession of the night. All right. Well, if, if I start hearing anything weird, I'm calling Jason immediately. <laughs> what do you mean hearing anything Jason! weird? I don't know. I just feel like, like what you're not would you responding hear? as quickly. Maybe if you well, okay, if you start if you start <laughs> like the glass went to, to my me, brain. Yes. <laughs> you start speaking in Russian cuz that's what happens when you get glass in your brain. There you oh go. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Oh. I got to ask you something. What? <laughs> Are you worried about World War 3 happening? I know I should be. Are you? I'm not laughing. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Like, okay, first of all, to be honest, the only news I've gotten about it so far is, like, you know, screenshots that have been sent in my family group message. I actually have not read anything about it. Number one. So then last night I was talking to my husband, and I was like, David, like, is this something... What's going on? Because I haven't had time to read the news, which is lame. Yeah. I'm just being honest. Okay. I haven't prioritized news reading. There you go. Um, and based it's not on. not lame. Well, so he was saying, he's like, we were talking about going back and forth. And he's like, yeah, well, I guess they've like, you know, invaded parts of Ukraine. And I was telling David, yeah. I remember back. I thought it was 2012 or 2000, yeah, 2012, but it's actually 2014. There was something called like the Orange Revolution, and it was this whole revolt of Ukraine against Russia trying to get them out of their borders. Like Russia mm-hmm. has taken over Ukraine many times throughout history, right? Oh, yeah. And so I was like, is this different? Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, and again, I mean. Obviously, if there's a humanitarian issue, which war is humanitarian, but if it was like they were using, um, you know, what's it like suffocating gas and or or orange agent, you know, something like that, not okay, just like yeah. taking over the border, something where they're mm-hmm. actively, you know, reducing the flow of food. I don't know. I haven't looked into it, but I was like, I feel like there there's this balance of policing the world. And why are they doing this today? And also, borders have been changed constantly throughout all of history. So True, true. My main, all good questions. Right, right. So, I don't know the answer, but from an outsider looking in, because I haven't read anything, and I'm freely mm-hmm. admitting that and just thinking about what I know, I feel mm-hmm. as though I'm just kind of like, well, this is what happens, right? I don't know. So, what do you I think? would... The only thing that I have, the only, like, intelligent commentary on it that I have listened to was um, I heard an awesome interview today of Condi, Condoleezza Rice, Mm. on um, Barry Weiss's podcast, which I feel like I'm going to shout out every single time we do a pod, because it's just so, it's the best thing out there. It's so great. Mm. She's just such a great interviewer. So, like, she had Condoleezza on, and it was so great, because they were talking about, like race relations and racism and the American dream and patriotism. And then she asked her about Russia because I had forgotten this. That was Condoleezza's like doctorate. Like she studied that she studied political science and specialized in Russia. 
And that's how she got pulled into politics um, during H.W. Bush's presidency because they knew, like, she, you know, she's at Stanford studying Russia and they needed her help back then with, like, Cold War stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So she said it was so interesting because she was like, the world is watching. She's like, China is watching if we're going to allow this to happen. And she was just like, like it or not, globalization happened. Mm. And there's good things about it and there's bad things about it. And she, it was, there was a lot more that she said about globalization, which I thought was really fascinating. But she was just like, she said, look, like China is like, um, I always, I can never say the name of the, the like, um, emperor wannabe of China. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Jin Ling Ping or P Ling or whatever. <laughs> That's so racist sounding. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, but she was just saying she she's like he is watching. He is watching if we let this happen and if the West lets it happen and if no one stands up to Russia and he's gonna he's gonna pull the same thing. And it was really interesting. And she she said like, look, you know. I understand people's like, oh, we can't be the world's police. But she was like, I don't think we as Americans, like in our, in our national personality, she's like, I don't think we have it in us to just stand by and let nations bully other nations, like, and and not be a good ally, not be a good friend. And like, she's like, that's not who we are as Americans, who we are is the most generous world power. Like we are so, and she, and she said when we, like after World War II, she's like, America has never been an empire because we never sought to monopolize what we had. She was like, we have always, always in the history of our nation shared. She said, even when we commanded like the majority of the GDP after World War II, we were helping other nations to do better and to get up, you know, started again. Like we yeah. were helping jumpstart their economies. We were not hogging it. And um, when, even when we could have, and it was such, she, the whole interview is so amazing because she is so patriotic. Like she mm. loves her country so much and everything she said was so inspiring and just like made me feel so proud to be American, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was really interesting what she said about that. Um, just that like, this is not just about Russia and Ukraine. This is about the whole world. See, that's so great. That's the perspective. I don't, I don't immediately jump to. That's why I love hearing. Yeah. I like bouncing it off of you and kind of being like, I'm uneducated here. What am I not thinking about? Because I didn't think about it. Oh, I am too. I literally just listened to that today. That's the only thing I've like read or listened to about it. And I would be in the exact same boat. And I can see like when people are like, oh, because the the interview, Barry asked her like, oh, well, you know, a lot of people think we shouldn't have gone to war in Afghanistan. And Condoleezza like defended it to the hilt. She was like, listen, like, it was a national security problem. She said like it was, she said we had terrorism coming out of this country. And if you just, you know, get rid of the terrorists and you don't take care of what is replaced there, there's a vacuum. Mm. And she said it was absolutely, it's easy to like forget that now and be like, Oh, you know, but she said it, it, the only reason we went to war was a national security problem. And, um, and then she said, you know, and then, and then when we're helping, kind of restructure what we had, like we had to get rid of what they had. And when we help, when we're helping restructure, yeah, of course we're going to try to help them set up a more morally appropriate government where, you know, women are not 
being whipped in the street. And there's, you know, she, she gave a couple examples, but, um, I don't know. It was really interesting because she was really strong about that. And, um, and then, yeah, she was, she was just saying like, we can't afford to not care because it like basically in her view, these other nations are not like us. These other nations are not generous like us and they Mm. will take and take and take. And if you give them an inch, they're going to take a yard and you have to like, you really do have to stand up when you see someone being a bully, because then they're going to come for you if you don't. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so interesting. interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that perspective. That's why I was like, I mean, like I said, I haven't read anything. I barely was aware of it. Like some family chat stuff has been happening over here. And I was just like, I don't know. But I, I don't really know what should happen. I don't know either. Obviously. And I feel like there's so many emotions and viewpoints and everything. If you look like historically, what I mean, Afghanistan's one thing. And then you look at Iraq, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's like mm-hmm. you can pick apart different things that the U.S. has been world police on and really critique mm-hmm. if it should have been and should have not been. Did it so, strengthen us or did it weaken us kind yeah, of did, Right. Did yeah. we really bring any assistance or did we, when we left, left our own vacuum and just brought things back to the way they were before, mm-hmm. you know, and never actually established anything for these people so played with their lives? Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. And that could be looked at every circumstance. But, but from a... <laughs> nukeability standpoint like that's immediately where i went with all this i was like are we mm-hmm. worried about world war three with nuking each other i just still think that the world is too intelligent to do that but i could be totally wrong there so i know it's happened before you know yeah i told david this mm-hmm. is where i'm really happy i don't live in one of the nukeability cities <laughs> our nukeability <laughs> is low if you will <laughs> You know, in the Midwest. Right, exactly. It's Midwest. I was like, the only thing we have going on for us is like a whole bunch of Amazon servers. But at this point, everybody has that. (laughs) I love that you're assessing this. I know. I'm like, what's my percentage of needing to leave the city? I think I'm okay. Dude, I I just, even with this, it's like, I, I think kind of exercising anxiety out of myself through Corona. I'm just like you know what? I just got to live my life. Like Mm -hmm. I am done being afraid of this stuff. Like I'm just going to live my life, embrace each day, embrace my time with my loved ones. Like you really never know how much you have period. Yeah. Um, there was, there was a kid now I'm going to take it to a bummer place here, but there was a family in our, from our school and church community who last week they were traveling. They were at, um, in Chapel Hill and they were at this really you know, nice stars. I think they were there for basketball or something. And, um, their son who was in seventh grade, they have two boys. One was in fifth grade at our school. And then the other who graduated from our school is in seventh grade. And he fell off a balcony and died instantly. Oh my um, gosh. He was like trying to throw a football into the pool basketball hoop or something. I don't remember. Oh my gosh. And, um, and he he fell and died, and so they you know they had two boys now they only have one he's all oh. alone um and it just is so heartbreaking like I just cannot imagine having to bury a child and 
have it be just like so unexpected and like, and it, I mean, I, I, there was so much to process there, but like one of the things that hit me because our, our school, um, last year took our superintendent for all our schools, like elementary and middle and high school got in a lot of trouble with some people because he said it was the parents' right to decide whether or not to have their kid in a mask. And despite our city having draconian mask rules for children, um, he said, no, like you can sign a waiver that says you have a health exemption and it will be our policy not to question that and Mm. to, you know, respect the parents' decision. And he had people... I mean, I knew people who they created a secret Facebook group because they were so angry about it. It was like masks for Max. And then they went to the news, they went to the media. Someone called the health department. Oh my and gosh. it was really funny because nobody understands mask mandates, but like legally there is no way of enforcing them. Like you can't, the worst they did is they called the health department a couple times. The health department called our principal and the superintendent and had a stern talk with them. That's it. (laughs) Like there's literally never been they, they cannot legally enforce it or else they're asking for a lawsuit. Yeah. And um, because of the way mandates are and legalese, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, it just, it hit me Liz. like, obviously this is not going to comfort this poor mom right now because she lost her baby. But like, Two years is a freaking long time for a kid, especially if they're leaving this world at the age of 12. Yeah. You know, two years for a 35-year-old or a 40-year-old, you're like, yeah, what's one more year of wearing masks? I guess it's okay. Two years is all of a kid's preschool years. It's almost all of their middle school years. It's Mm. like a full third of their elementary school, and it's half of their high school or college. And like when you are making them live life where they can't see faces. They can't easily hear people. They don't want to talk in class because they, no one can understand what they said. It's harder to make friends in a time that's already kind of challenging sometimes. Like that is such a burden to put on kids. It really is like, and I, I will go to the grave saying that, like, I know that I'm not on the wrong side of history by believing that, that, that that's not a small thing for a kid. It may for an adult to wear a mask for 10 minutes in a store you know what? I don't care. I'll do it. I don't like the conflict, whatever. And I don't think it does any good because of the way that normal people wear masks and the way that masks let in air particles all the time. Like, and the way Omicron is like, I, it defies logic that it would help at all. But like, but it, it just makes me so angry that like people think, you know, like my sister works in a daycare. They want their two year olds to wear masks all day long but they're not questioning the fact that all these two-year-olds all nap to get next to each other for two hours without their masks on. Right. But heaven right. forbid that ZZ, you know, let them run around without a mask or when they're crying and upset, take their mask down to comfort right. them. Right. And you they're snotting it, it in it and they're spitting in it. Oh, it's, it's disgusting. Like, there's probably like, probably. They drop it on the it floor and point. another kid picks it up and puts it on their face. Right, like, exactly. It's a mess. And But I just, I was, when this, when this poor boy passed, like, you know, his, obviously no one knew that was going to happen, but God knew. And thank God that he didn't have to spend the last two years of his short life, you know, mm-hmm. in a, in a harsh unfriendly environment yeah 
he was able to live life pretty much totally normally, even in the pandemic, thanks to um, the school that his parents chose to send him to. And it just, it was a big like thing for me is like, you know, it, it really is important to balance our caution about things and like the way that, yeah, like our anxiety about things like nuclear war or a pandemic, like it's really important to balance it with, or you going to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly you did the same thing. You were like, I just can't live in the shadow of anxiety all the time. I have to live my life. I have to go have fun with my husband. Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we had, yeah, you should explain, you should explain <laughs> a little bit about that. Well, so we had some friends that were going to go to Mexico a couple weeks before us and they had the whole trip booked and everything. And then, Apparently, and it's the Cancun area, right? So apparently, um, cartel-related shootings have been up in the area. Um, mm. And so the weekend before my friend was going to go, there was a cartel-related shooting at their resort. And the what she had heard was that it was like an execution-style shooting in the resort's lobby. So there mm. there have been other shootings where it's like, um, guys drive up on wave runners to the beachfront and like spray a whole bunch of bullets over the beach. <laughs> wow. Which is awful, right? This one was more pointed. Um, and it, it's not random. It's cartel activity related, right? There's like reasoning mm. for it. But they decided not to go to Cancun. David and I, my husband and I, we were like, well, I just, I mean... <laughs> We don't have anyone dependent on us. Like, this wasn't irresponsible, yeah. right? We don't have anyone dependent on us. We are at peace with our lives. It's not like, mm. I, I don't know. We're just like, we want to enjoy life. We don't want to look back and say that we regretted anything. So we're going to yeah. go. And we went, and it was yeah. great, and it was fine, and we took that risk. And I wasn't worried at all about it because... You know, there's one thing about not worrying about something that you can change or you can't mm-hmm. change, but there's also something about not worrying about something once you made the decision. And we made the yes. decision that we were going to take that risk, and then we decided not to worry about it. You know what and I mean? You really didn't. You did. You no. have to like consciously choose not to, or it just left your mind. No, left the mind. <laughs> well, I told you, I had like. <laughs> two errands I had to do before leaving. (laughs) I had to get a wax and go to confession. (laughs) I love that so much. Get a wax. (laughs) So you could die wax and with no sin on your soul. And with no sin on my soul. Like, I'm going to Mexico. There are two very important things I need to do. Get a wax and go to confession. Um, So I wasn't (laughs) worried. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like David and I are at that point, too, where we decide what our risk appetite is, and then we don't second-guess it after we make that decision. That's a really big commitment. Like, but it's really important to be like, no, I made this decision. I'm not going to – I feel like I second-guess a lot of things. I need to work on that. Like the wine, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I, like, keep looking through the glass being like, well, do I see particles? (laughs) So you continue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's really wise. And, you know, yeah, sometimes you just, you got to drink the wine. You got to go to Mexico. You got to, you got to live your life, you know? Yeah. 
I agree. I feel like this is also probably very triggering for some people. <laughs> but what do you mean? I don't know. Like the different topics that we discussed tonight, there's like probably like all of them are probably triggering, right? For different people. And I'm not yeah, worried maybe. about that either. I don't have to please everyone. I don't have to have the same opinion as everyone. And I'm mm-hmm. going to say this with you and I might be wrong, right? That's okay. I can be wrong. This is just what I believe in where I'm at today. I, yeah, I mean, I think that everybody is different and everyone has different risks that they're going to be, con- but like everybody ha- takes risks when you live your life. You get in a car, you take a risk. You, you know, you go to a wedding, you take a risk. You, you have a baby, you take a lot of risks, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that the reality is that we, we're just so used to some risks and then some are new and we have to like kind of just get used to it and be like, okay, well this, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I can live with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, for some, like to your point, for some parents putting a mask on their kid is like, not a negative thing at all. And they really believe that their kid is fine. It is not taking away from their experience. It is worth it. And, you know, it's worth, it gives them some peace of mind. But I mean, I, I still, I'm like, but your kid takes it off to eat and it, they take it off to nap or they take it off. Like, like your kid is not wearing a mask the way that uh, Meredith Grey wore one in Grey's Anatomy. You know, like, <laughs> it's, that is not what is happening. And it, I do feel like, you know, you know, but, but all that being said, like, if a parent wants to make that choice or, or someone wants to decide not to go to Mexico or wants to decide, I don't know, to, like, build a nuclear-proof basement, <laughs> I don't know what you could really do about <laughs> nuclear war. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's fine. You do you. Like, you know, you have every right to do that, but like, <laughs> I know you're laughing. Wait, tell everyone what, how you interpret you do you. Sorry. So my friend actually said this where like, I feel like, well, you do you is one of those, um, I don't know, like phrases of pop culture, right? Just like, I need yeah. to see at the table or whatever words matter. And yeah. he was like, you do you is actually just telling people like, yeah, you can go F yourself. <laughs> Oh you do God. you. <laughs> you can go. <laughs> you can go f yourself. And so every time it's like, so you funny do though. you. I'm like, yep. <laughs> That's all you hear. You can't hear it the like nice tolerant I way. I can't. It's not. It's just like a very. It's like the polite. Yeah, you can do f yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like, funny I oh my gosh but I anyway love that so much I know I think I've stopped one thing I've been trying to do a lot of uh, okay so human beings love being a part of something that's bigger than themselves right mm. like we like being united in a front we like being united well we are made for faith we are our, made to have faith and have right. a religion like right. i believe that i believe we were designed by for that mm-hmm. and that's why we've always um gathered around it throughout all of mm-hmm. humanity right but all history of every culture has mm-hmm. a religion that they create if they don't if it wasn't revealed to them 
Yes, but it doesn't have to be religion. It is this mm-hmm. whatever's bigger than themselves will end up drawing mm-hmm. people in. Right? Al- something altruistic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and they it could be to be that. And it could be, I was talking to someone about this at work today. It could be a project. If you're mm-hmm. not being really involved and you don't feel like you're a part of it, but if you're bogged down deep and you're in meetings until 9 p.m., but everybody's working alongside next to you, you know, you're in it together. You have this, this camaraderie. It's this something yeah. bigger than yourself that you're all a part of, right? Um, and I think... Because of that, that's why we get very hung up on small things that people disagree with us on. Mm. Right? Because it's like, well, we're not in this together then. It's like, Mm. we're friends, but you said something that's really against what I believe in this moment. So I have to make you believe what I'm believing. I have to say something on social media. I have to send a passive aggressive Mm. text. I have to whatever. And something that I'm working on with myself is really just that accepting there are things that I believe, but not everybody has to believe them. Yeah. Like the masks that we were thinking of. Well, like COVID avoidance, like people are like, I'm going to avoid COVID at all costs. I mean, it's, it's, that could be something right. But mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know. It's even, even smaller than that. If it's like <laughs> sleep training uh, is one. Honestly, like a lot of moms in mom culture. Oh yeah, such a good comeback. No, wait, this is perfect. This goes back. It's all connecting. It's all connecting. (laughs) It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. (laughs) I knew you were gonna sing that. You and your '80s music. (laughs) No, that's exactly it. We're like, again, my sister was telling me this. I feel like you've told me this before. We're like. Parents sometimes get very uptight, like, you don't follow this method, this is the best method, like, this is the best, you need to do this, da-da-da, instead of realizing, also something I learned from you, Kayla, that all kids are different, and so there could be a method that is completely right, but it's not right for that kid, and that's okay, it doesn't mean that the parent's wrong for trying it, it doesn't mean that you're wrong for believing your kid loves something else, it just means there's something slightly different, there could be non-moral topics that you disagree with people on, and it's okay, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, this is something that is very actually challenging for my personality because I <laughs> because you need have to, be, to right. be right. Yes. <laughs> I know, I know. What's, what's the line from The Office where Michael Scott is like, I don't have to, it's not like my need to be loved or my need to be right. Like, I don't know that he says my need to be right, but every time I hear that, i like, that's what I think is like my need to be right. <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, I don't know yeah. that off the top of my head. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. But you know the part I'm talking about where he's like, it's my need to be blah, blah, blah. It's not like my need to be da, da, da. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's funny. Um, <coughs> anyway, sorry, anyway it's really funny. No, but The so Office funny. is a great example. For those people out there, <laughs> Moses, who think that Parks and Rec is actually better than The Office... Oh my I will gosh. forever disagree with you, mm. but I am mm. not going to yeah. try to convince you otherwise. I'm just going to You're not going to you... be angry. What you're saying is you're not going to be angry that he's wrong. Right. I'm going to say... Yeah. 
Because you're, you're wrong, not saying but that. That's okay. You're not saying. <laughs> I know. I know you, and I know you're not saying that all truth is subjective. No, exactly. And some there some, some situations yeah. are subjective. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. And some of the ones that we discussed tonight could be subjective because we're just honestly not the most knowledgeable people on them, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm not well, worried about sharing my thoughts on the matter. And I think that's something else I'm working on right now too, is not being worried about sharing my opinion because it may not be absolutely right. It's like. That is okay. I could have an opinion today that changes tomorrow because I'm just not educated enough on the matter. But this is truly what I believe right now. So why don't I talk well, about it? Right? Elizabeth, most people who are mouthing off about things are not super like experts <laughs> on the matters either. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like you, you can still have an opinion that's based on your gut feeling or like listening to one podcast like that's okay like as long as I think I do think you should be open to listening to others opinions or explaining like and they should be open to yours you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion and Condoleezza Condoleezza said um, what do you call her Condi 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 yeah (laughs) she said um that is like I think one of her nicknames but she said um she said that like the constitution doesn't protect you from being offended by people like it doesn't say that you have a right to not be offended. And she, or she said, it doesn't say that you have a right to, like, have no one ever offend you. And it's yeah. okay if someone says something that, that offends you. It's part of being in a democracy. Let them yeah. say it. Yeah. Just, you know, don't, like, you know, you should still talk with them and have a dialogue. And, and you're never going to have dialogue if you're not going to, like, I think a lot of, like, a lot of us conservatives tend to, um, we just don't, we don't want to rock the boat. And we don't want to get in people's face. We don't want to get in a fight. And so uh, generally, everyone listening, if you don't know how someone in your life feels about something, it probably means they're conservative. <laughs> like, yeah, I, and that's my experience. That is my experience. Like, if someone you know, you don't know exactly what they feel about all these things, most of the time that means they're a closet conservative. Not all the time. Some conservatives are very pushy and in your face and loud and angry and that's that's who they are. That's fine. But um generally Jesus it's loves a big them. it's okay. They can they can you do you. <laughs> um but but it I do think that it's like it's a big tent of thought and it tends to like I I disagree with a lot of conservatives about stuff. Like yeah, there's same. things that I'll be like, I don't like that. Mm, no, nope, I don't agree with that. And so I think we generally don't want to like, we, we are either going to be fighting all the time or we like kind of pick our battles and we're used to it. We're used to just, you know, well, okay. That's how they feel. But I, I do, that's something I need to work on this year. It's <laughs> <Is> like, <laughs> I, because I very passionately, when I, when I make, up my mind about something it actually does take me a while to make up my mind about it and mm. when I do I am... you have to be right so you actually exactly you research every single right. angle right exactly right so right. so when someone's like oh well everyone's you know everything's different I'm like mm, but this way is the right way <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's so yeah. hard it's so hard for me to like just not because I think that I have all the answers, but it's like there are answers that help. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, no, yeah. like to use a very neutral 
topic because you don't have kids and probably a lot of people listening don't have as many kids as I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> having <people> kids, <laughs> having, having, I know, for real. Uh, tell that kids. to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> tell that to my husband. My yeah. husband was an only child. I am one of six. I'm his Ginny Weasley, and he always wanted a big family. So there, there you have it. Oh, it's so cute when you put it that way. I love <laughs> it's it. So it is the honest truth. That is why we have a fifth baby. <laughs> oh, but I love oh, it man. so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was just gonna say that, like, I um, there there are things that that just like so my my baby sister just had her first baby. Mm-hmm. And it's been so fun to like, you know, just watch her go through the honeymoon of motherhood with the first baby and just be like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's, it is something so special and I can't wait for you to go through it too. Like, it's just, it is like, it's just unique. It's, it's very unique compared to all your other babies. It's, it's a very special season and it's hard, but like, there are, there are things that it's, it's funny. Cause she asked me about like pacifiers today. And I was like, Cecilia, honestly, I have never done the newborn phase successfully. It has always been kind of a shit show for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's always been just like exhausting and stressful and worrisome. And I never feel confident that I chose the right things. Like later I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Like, like for instance, I used it a pacifier, um, for Ellis this past time. And I, and I swaddled him because I had read a book about it. And I, I am the person who like, I can't relate at all to people being like, Oh my gosh, I've already heard of that. Or I've already read that book. Like I will like any book, anyone recommends to me, I'm going to read it. Like if they're like, this made a difference, my baby's sleep, I'm ordering, it is in my Amazon cart right now. Like (laughs) I just, I'm always desperate to find something because there are, every baby is different. And in my experience, like you never know someone else that you talk to could have the secret for your kid. It's like weight loss. It's like, it's like someone's random experience could be exactly the missing piece that like, oh my gosh, this clicks. Yeah. You know, and until you do it, you're just kind of fumbling around in the dark. And so, um, so I like, I just, but yeah, Cecilia asked me, oh, well, should I not do a pacifier? Because Ellis now, when we're self-soothing training, self-soothing. Is, um, he, he's taking a lot longer because he loses the pacifier. He wants the pacifier and then he's not finding his thumb, which my other mm-hmm. baby said, and it's just, it's, it's a little bit harder of a process. And she asked me, well, should I not do the pacifier? And I was just like, honestly, I don't like, you got to do what <laughs> works do for you. the baby right then. Like, no, but no, but yeah. for real, yeah. I was yeah. like, whatever works for the baby. And some babies are like cranky and miserable unless they're sucking on something and you can't nurse them all day long. And it does really help. Um, but like, it's just, I, I have no idea what to tell you. It's just, you just get through, you just get through the, the four first three, three to four months. And then, you know, whatever helps you get through it, it's fine. But like, there are certain things that are pretty much universal with babies that are mm-hmm. not intuitive. Like you do actually really need to have a friend. If you're not the type of person to read a baby book, like maybe they stress you out, mm-hmm. which I completely relate to. That's how I was with my first baby. I, it, the baby books really stressed me out because I had no money 
and I couldn't afford to like go out and buy all the things they suggested and I let alone buy all the baby books. And so I had one friend who, um, I had babysat for and become like, kind of like her little sister. And, um, she was like my go-to expert on everything. So I would just text her how many hours do I need to have Will awake before he sleeps? How many naps does he need to take right now? And yeah. like it, Elizabeth, like it makes such a massive difference to, to like do it the correct way. Like there mm. is, there is a wake window for every baby that's developmentally appropriate. So like when they're like one month old, it's like an hour tops. And mm-hmm. if you keep them up past an hour, they get really worked up and upset. They don't sleep as well because they're overtired. So they keep waking up. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're, when you're exhausted, you don't sleep well because it, you just can't relax, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's the same with babies and then, and then it changes. So like, for instance, I, I was just busy and distracted and I didn't, it didn't click that it was time to lengthen Ellis's wake window. So I just kept putting him down when it had been like an hour and a half since he woke up. Cause he seemed kind of cranky and tired. Well, guess yeah. what? He was cranky because I was putting him down too soon. And so he wasn't sleeping as long as he should. And then he was overtired. So like I had to extend mm. like I, I read up a couple articles and I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to be extending the wake window. He needs to be awake for two to three hours now that he's yeah. five months old. Yeah. And so I did that. And boom, he started having better naps. It was <gasps> instant. It was not like, oh, maybe for some babies, blah, blah, blah. Like it was immediate. So interesting. So it is hard. It is genuinely hard sometimes because there are things that you're like, no, like legitimately this, this would make this right. would make your life easier. Like you don't right. have to suffer like blindly, you know, and 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 obviously there are things that some people are like convinced are gonna change your life and it doesn't. And you're just like you have to politely smile and nod and be like, Okay, thank you for the advice. Like it's right. not gonna work for me. Right. Um right. and and that's where like you said, like I have to I have to respect that even though I have had five kids and I have seen over and over again, like there are some things like sleep and, and food make a big difference in a kid's happiness. And if you don't get that right, if there's something affecting how well they're able to eat or if there's something affecting how well they're able to sleep, like, you know, that's my experience is those two things really matter. But you know, I like I may be right, like, but if that's not where someone else is and that they just don't have the bandwidth to, to handle that, then that's okay. It's not okay. going to ruin their life. Like, the kid's going to no. get over it. It just means that their <laughs> parenting experience is probably, like, going to be not a little bit great. more negative or sad. Right. Yeah, in right. the beginning. Right. I agree. No, I, I agree. I think that's a really good example. Yeah. But... Um, I also feel like we could unpack this all night long. <laughs> and I know you're tired. Sorry, it's the middle of the week. No, I'm not. I just, uh, I mean, our listeners are used to like 25-minute episodes, and this is a 10-minute <laughs> episode. So I'm more just concerned about the listeners. So I thought maybe. I love this, though. I feel like everything connected, and I wasn't sure it would. Because when I went into it, I had a couple things I wanted to chat with you about, like your trip and work and, like, and then, and then we politics and I don't know. I know. It's we didn't like, like all connected. We didn't actually plan any of these topics at all. No, we like you not. just texted me and you're like, what have you been thinking about recently? And I was like, Ooh, actually <laughs> this is what I've been yeah. thinking about. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. 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 Well, yeah. 
I feel like oh that's the... Sorry. I just had to say, I feel like I've been constantly quoting Eurovision. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I keep telling David about it. And he's like, he gives me this look where he's like, yeah, I'm not going to think that's funny. And I'm like dying laughing. Like, oh, my God. How could he not think it's funny? He would think it's funny. It's the way that I portray it. Oh, my gosh. To be honest, did you think, like, um, oh, yeah, <laughs> like Caravan? <laughs> <laughs> oh did I think what? Okay, <laughs> lightning round, lightning round question, really quick. Like, what question or confession? <laughs> <laughs> what is a pet peeve you've had recently? Uh, oh, wait, no, or do you want to do what's the last thing you belly laughed at? I could answer either of those. Um, go, how about you go first? What's the last thing you belly laughed no, at? No, no, no. wait, I know. First. The last thing I absolutely belly laughed at, which I hope you don't judge me <laughs> for this, because it was <laughs> in December. Okay. So it was a while ago. Well, <laughs> it oh, was when we played the Pictionary game with your kids. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you guys, this is the best game ever. And we all sat around the table, and basically, you, everybody starts with a story, and then you pass it to the person on your left and then draw a picture of the story. And then mm-hmm. they pass it again. And that person tries. It's telephone, but pictures. And yeah, I laughed yeah. so hard. I think that's the hardest I've laughed in, like, years. I was Oh, my dying. gosh. And I just thought it was also so fun because you're, well, your two oldest boys are at the perfect age to play, too. Oh, so it was Their so creativity yeah. was adorable. But... So yeah, it was they were so enthusiastic. <laughs> okay, so my last belly laugh was last night. I was. This is gonna. This is mean, and it's it's bad that I laughed at this so hard. It, I'm laughing at someone's pain, Elizabeth. Oh, and it's, it's <laughs> well. It. You're on the group chat, aren't you? You're in the poop group, right? Uh, yes, I am. Did you really read Zizi's text? <laughs> No, I haven't read anything. I'm so I have like a hundred <laughs> text messages. Like, oh my gosh! Okay, I basically right, only gonna... read your text and David's text. <laughs> Dude, all right, I'm just gonna read this to you. This happened last night, guys. This is my my little sister, not the one who just had a baby, the middle sister, who I adore, <laughs> love so much. But but the oh no, my iPad's dying. <gasps> <gasps> but it was a belly laugh. <laughs> Are you still there? Okay. All right. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, she said she was like, "Guys, please pray." My um, <laughs> I think I broke my chest bone falling out of the what? shower onto the toilet. What? <laughs> I did not read that. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, wait, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like, think about this. You're coming out of the shower. You trip and fall could happen to anyone, but like your chest hits the toilet, not like your arm. Your arm doesn't like catch your chest. Like how does this right. physically happen? Or your said, face even. <laughs> she, she said this. Oh, I'm sorry. She oh my god. She got stuck in the shower. She got stuck in the shower curtain, like wrapped up in it. Oh like, no. She, she like swapped swaddled herself oh my gosh and her arms were pinned to her sides (laughs) how is that possible 
into the toilet bowl. How is that possible? Akila. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even know if any of that was like, if any, you could understand anything. It just I understood so it. I don't know if anyone else did, but that's amazing. I'm also picturing oh. it this whole time. Your sister is a cartoon. I love Gigi so much. I we love her do. so, 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 so oh much. God. She's such a wonderful, special human. That's a cartoon. She's like a female version of Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a a clean female version of Jim Carrey. I don't know. She's so, she she's just a living cartoon. There's no other way to explain her. That's amazing. Yeah, that's an amazing belly yeah. laugh. Oh, I probably had a really actually. <laughs> help me remember this one. Help me, Kayla. Help me. Okay. When, okay, okay. End of January. We went to um, Polly's Island for Zizi's right. bachelorette party. And we went out to lunch at this amazing spot. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, I think we were talking about everybody's like spirit, spirit animals. animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we, <laughs> Maddie brought up the fact that dolphins raped humans. After she told you that you were a dolphin, or I, I told you you're a dolphin, and then she was like, "Well, you know they Did rape you know? people." So we're all we're talking about how dolphins rape humans, and like the, the, everybody wants to get into this restaurant, and we have the best table that's in the right in front. Like it was the best table, but it was literally everybody could hear us. And it was right this, by the bar, and it was like a high bar height table. So we were like sitting yeah. up, so anyone standing is like at head height yeah. with us. So this older and there couple, were people standing right there, yeah. Well, they were waiting for a table, but they had decided if they got <coughs> closer into the restaurant, then they would get a table faster, right? Which is dumb. Yeah, whatever. But they're so like, I'll talk about dolphin raping and making direct eye contact with this old couple who was listening in. <laughs> she, she was so obviously listening. And, and she was so... like mortified. No, she was not mortified. She was very interested in what we were saying, and she was very disapproving. It was not mortification. It was, it was like it was disapproving. judgment. Yeah, it was, it was. That's amazing. So yes, I did forget yeah. about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Yeah, you did. You got all pink. I did. And it was so funny too because you were like leading up to that. You're like, oh gosh, work. Just dropped my phone. Are you there? Yeah. Okay, so Okay, so I'm fine. Um, it's the no, glass I'm shard. I'm I'm <laughs> the glass shard. Jason, <laughs> call Jason. <laughs> Jason, can I drop the phone? <laughs> That's it. I'm like in my pants. I know okay, me too. <laughs> That's why we really need to hurry this up. I have to pee. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So, um, wait, what was I saying? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that important. Probably not. Well, I love you. I'm glad you I love always you make too. me laugh. <laughs> me too. I just get good belly laughs with you. <laughs> Jesus! This is This is the best, like... I need to belly laugh more, and that's what I realized. Like, I want to really, like, check in with myself and then, like, be like, have I really laughed? Like, really, mm-hmm. like, lost it in laughter. And I think if you haven't, then you need to just be open to finding your laugh, you know? Check yourself. Check yourself, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was going to say. 
Mm, I don't know. Oh, well. It'll come to me (laughs) later, but I love you. All right. I love you too. Bye. (laughs) 